When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Jones, and joined by Chris Beasley and Gav Buckland, where we'll be looking ahead to what is an absolutely crucial clash at Goodison Park for Everton this weekend. They're taking on Leeds United, Saturday, three o'clock. Nice, uh, nice traditional kickoff time. We all like, we all like that. Uh, Frank Lampard has been building up uh, to that match today, and uh, bees will will jump jump straight into a uh, Frank mm-hmm. Lampard's press conference comments, I suppose. And I think uh, the one thing that we've probably got to unfortunately start on is uh, the injury situation concerning Yerry Mina. I mean, after the after the game on Tuesday, Frank Lampard did admit that there was a little bit of concern about it, but. I'm not sure many of us was expecting an eight to ten week layoff for Yeri Mina, were we? No, um, considering probably not Yeri, considering he tries to play on for a couple <laughs> yeah. of moments. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very disappointing, isn't it? It takes us to at least the start of April, you think? And um, yeah, just it, it's just Yeri Mina all over again. Unfortunately, like we were talking in the last pod, he probably tries to stay on in, in almost in desperation because he's aware of. His situation, the fact that he's probably played less than half the matches available since signing for the club. You know, he, he came in, Frank's first game, off the bench, scored a goal, you know, thinking I'm going to make a big impact here under this new manager. And and he's missing for a massive chunk of what is Everton's relegation dogfight now. And you sort of add that into the injury problem suffered in Frank's first game. You know, he, he wanted to play with three centre-backs and he's already lost two of them now. Ben Godfrey leaving the pitch on crutches um, after the Brentford match. So whether that facilitates um, a switch in defence now, I mean, he could young, bring in young Jared Brantwaite, of course, but whether he wants to do that and put the youngster into the firing line, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, we might go flat back four, but then also he says that Vitaly Mikolenko is unavailable at, at the weekend, so yeah, it's, it's big concerns because in some areas of the pitch now he's actually got a few options, but in, in other areas and crucial areas for Everton, the centre back, considering the, all the goals are conceded from set pieces, they suddenly find themselves very short. Mm. I mean, Gav, we've talked a lot about Yeni Mina over the past few weeks and months, so I'll try not to go over old ground too much. But Frank Lampard in his press conference today was suggesting, you know, how much of a an influence in the dressing room Yeni Mina is. He's become a bit of a leader on the pitch as well. Uh, so in even in that sense, he's going to be quite the loss to Everton over the next few weeks, isn't he? Not half. Well, I mean, caveated by the fact he only expects him to play half the games anyway. So when we say Yeni <laughs> Mina's out, seriously. Yeah. When you say he's out for 10 weeks, it's not as if he plays every week, isn't it? You'd, play, you'd probably be, be fit for five of those weeks in normal circumstances. Um, yeah, long overdue captain the other week. Um, I always fancied him as skipper, big personality. You get what Frank's saying, but it raises a with all due respect. You know, if you had the choice of the two centre halves, 
not to get injured, it'd be good for Amina, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is what we've got. That, that, so there's that aspect to it. And there's also the other longer-term aspect to me about Mina that his contacts you up a year in the summer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you could you could say at this moment in time that Mina may have played his last game for the club. Not unreasonable. He might come back, you know, if his injury takes longer or he might, he might only have a couple of games left. Um, because I can't see us hanging on for him another year and I certainly can't see him, you know, be having his contact renewed, which again, one of those conversations bad regularly. So desperate, uh, desperate news, I think, far worse than what I was expecting. And mm. uh, we will miss him. And we've now got the prospect of Keenan Holgate as centre halves, which is not, not ideal against a team like Leeds. And I, I know you said in the, your review piece afterwards that Brantwaite's performance in Newcastle didn't give me any confidence. He looked like a complete fish out of water, like it was a different player who played against Chelsea. Mm. So I'd, I'd do him out as an option mm. based on that. So, sense of defence, a area that we're quite well off for, <laughs> we're actually now, we're, um, we're sort of like at the bottom army really in terms of choices mm. not possible um, and uh, that's a bit worrying yeah well it goes back to a point that you were saying before doesn't it bees that you know uh, Everton don't really have many options at centre back and you know at left back they've probably got even even less options which yeah. you know it, it's causing it's causing quite the issue really because I think usually when you've not got a natural left back you'd you'd maybe think of going to like a wing back sort of scenario, play three centre back sort of thing. But everyone can't really, everyone can't really afford to do that, can they? You know, if they maybe they could push Seamus Coleman in 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 inwards as a third centre back, but I don't think that's an ideal scenario. Even like it's, I suppose there's options there, is what I'm trying to say. But it, it they're, they're not exactly they're not exactly perfect options to say the least, are they? No, because you're either gonna have. Similar to Newcastle, you had the Townsend down the left, didn't you? And he ended up almost fulfilling that sort of wing-back role. I mean, you just have to wonder, um, Nathan Patterson, still waiting to make his debut, of course, um, right back, but ended up bizarrely, or coincidentally, his last few outings for Rangers role at left-back because um, Tavernier was, uh, was such a, a given in the right-back slot there. So I just wonder when he finally does get his big chance of making his, his Everton debut, maybe he'll be crowbarred in at left-back. He can play in that area. Um, sure Seamus Coleman would be able to give him some uh, advice on yeah, being a right-back yeah. sign for the club, making his debut at left-back. Right, <laughs> well, that's the alternative, like you say, isn't it? Sticking out Seamus over there as well. So, well, I mean, do you do that as a senior pro? You go, well, you're, you know, you're, you've been, you know the game inside out, Seamus. We'll move you over. We'll put the young boy at right back. At a, either way, it's not great, is it? Um, but yeah, it's it, 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 it's concerning, isn't it? Because we said all of a sudden you've got some areas of the pitch, midfield, maybe the wing areas now where you've got um, a surface of options there. Lots of people knocking on the door, the likes of Anwar El Ghazi still hasn't made his debut. And then in other areas of the pitch, you, you know, you know, as, as Gav said, rock bottom, you really are down to the bare bones. Mm. And I suppose if you're a Leeds fan, Gav, or if you're a Leeds player, for example, like uh, Rafinha, who's had a decent few games against Everton since Leeds been promoted, yeah. if you're looking at that, you're looking at Everton's defensive problems at the minute and the lineup problems that they're potentially going to have. And you're 
you're probably licking your lips, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, they're one of the teams you don't really want to play tomorrow, aren't they, Leeds? Yeah. In that, they're a bit mercurial, aren't they? And you don't know what you're going to get from them. Uh, that they'll, they'll test you the way other clubs, including Manchester City, don't. Um, and they've had a little bit been up and down, haven't they, really? I saw them at West Ham and they were excellent. Um, so they've got that in them and you can... If they turn up on the day, and I know they're carrying a few injuries as well, aren't they, Leeds, to be mm-hmm. fair? Three or four players. Um, yeah, they'll test, well, like St. Maximan did on um, on Tuesday night. Yes. You know, they'll, they'll test us like that, I would imagine. And um, just a bit concerned. I mean, it's not as if we've got a strong centre of midfield to defend, you know, to, to sort of sit in front of the, the two centre-halves, have we really? Mm. That's that's another concern. So, yeah, in three at the back is doesn't. It's, it's three in the back, and we haven't got a centre centre half really. I suppose going down to Peter wouldn't give us an option. We can't play mm. four at the back because we haven't got a left back. So, <laughs> where, where, where do we go from there? You know, you, you know, years ago, you know, they used to play. I think football starts with two, three, five, something like that. I think we'll be uh, doing that on uh, doing that on Saturday, but no, it's not not ideal, is it? Leeds um, will be, would imagine, will be be played three. That that space either side of the centre halves is always a weak spot, isn't it? And I think uh, like Newcastle did on 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 Tuesday, they'd be targeted in that. But it's uh, you feel you you feel for Frank, don't you? I know he's uh, well. Well remunerated for his role, but he's come into a difficult job, and within a fortnight, it's uh, been made even more difficult uh, mm. by losing two two centre halves. Well, it's two best centre halves, you would say, mm. and uh, he's obviously got injuries elsewhere to manage. So um, he's um, yeah, he's just way cut out at the moment, hasn't he? Yeah, I suppose picking up on a point that Gav made there, bees. I mean, looking forward into the midfield area, there's. Options for Everton to play a two-man midfield, a three-man midfield. On a personal basis, which one of them would you rather see? And, you know, which, which kind of personnel would you rather see, like, used in those sorts of setups? To be, to be honest, um, I'd, I'd stick the two um, new boys in. I'd, I'd just freshen it up. Um, so, it'd probably be a three with with Alan. And then, I know Deli Ali, by the manager's admission, you know, probably a few things he... He wasn't particularly happy about with him up at Newcastle, certainly to blame for the second goal. But then, as Gav pointed out, Donny van der Beek showed a few nice touches, and Lampard said that in his press conference today. You know, he's shown in training too that he's very comfortable on the ball. I'm just very because I know um, Gomez um, got rave reviews against Brentford, and some people said that um, he, he was he was running the show, but. Too too many times for me. The the balance isn't right, and um, he get he gets overrun, and he, he's he's almost like a, a liability at times when when Everton haven't got the ball. So I do fear in those positions, especially against a team like Leeds United. So personally, I'd, I'd go with the three, and I'd have Alan and the two, and the two new boys as well. I I just think freshen it up. You know, it's, whatever's been tried in recent weeks just hasn't worked now. So why don't we just go for something completely different and you know, you're going to hopefully need these players in the running now. Just get get that, um, that game time under their belt now and get them out there on the Goodison Park pitch. Mm. Well, Gav, initially my question to you was going to be, do you do you feel concerned at all throwing Deli Alley into 
a game with, against Leeds, who we was so so intense, press so well in the midfield in particular. But to be honest, you could, you could say the same about most of Everton's midfielders, couldn't you? I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's to do with fitness necessarily. I think it's it's just to do with the the fact that they can't keep hold of the ball well enough. Well, I mean, Gomez you know, is a liability in his own half, isn't he? Um, we know that um, against a team that will will run it, he's he's lost, isn't he? He's, it's like the tide going past him, isn't he? Um, <laughs> And that was quite obvious early in his career. Um, the one consolation I got from Tuesday is, by the way, like Van der Beek, Beek played, you can get Ali and Van der Beek in the same team, can't you? Mm-hmm. From what yeah. I saw, very limited for half an hour on Tuesday. They're not necessarily the same players occupying the same space. Mm-hmm. Um, and Deli Ali's a player of moments, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not going to run a game for you. He's just he's a player of moments. So you can easily get them in the two those two in the team from what I saw on Tuesday it's whether Ali van der Beek and Allen is the right midfield if you've got defensive issues would you again this goes back to lack of options wouldn't you well, um, you know, dare I say <laughs> would you play four I'm not sure whether Frank's a 4-4-2 four, four, to be honest with you mm. um, perhaps if, if, if he's got problems at the back, but um, I mean, Gomez, I think, would be a liability defensively, but I think Ali would be as well, wouldn't he? Um, he's not a defensive midfielder. Um, well, it, it, it's quite interesting in this sense, isn't it, that our, our only out and out defensive midfielder is Jean Philippe Gabamon, really, and he can't get a look in. Well, that says more about Jean Philippe Gabamon, doesn't it, than exactly. To be fair, he's obviously the fact, the fact that Frank's not picking him or putting him anywhere near the team indicates that actually there's issues on the same pitch that actually he just doesn't look as if he's doing it. So Benitez was the same. I'm sure Frank could surprise us, but um, the fact he's not even got anywhere near the lineup in the last two two games indicates that he doesn't fancy him. Um, so yeah, tricky one. Um, Assume if you play three in the midfield, you want four at the back. Um, mm-hmm. but, would you play Townsend in the three? Maybe, yeah. Van yeah. der Beek, Townsend, um, Alan. Townsend, he'll, he'll work hard off the ball, won't yeah. he? I'm just yeah. wondering whether if we've got a problem at left back, you'd want him just playing the front left hand side um, mm. for me. Um, I think that might work. Mm-hmm. A bit of balance. Uh, that, that's what I'd go with. Townsend, Van der Beek and uh, Allen. Yeah. And then Bees, I suppose, like, you know, elsewhere on the pitch, we had a bit more positive uh, injury news in the fact that Demari Gray, well, he's going to be out for this game, but uh, it yeah. doesn't seem that he's going to be out for uh, for too much longer after that, which I suppose is is something of a bonus, but how much of a miss do you think he's going to be this weekend? Obviously, he's been he's been a crucial player over the course of the season so far. Yeah, and what has been a wretched season for Everton. He's been one of the few, the few bright sparks, probably one the most consistent attacking player this season and did well, didn't he? And I remember all the way back to when the reverse fixture at Ellen Road back in August. He got his goal there, did well. Um, yeah, he's, he, it'd be a big miss, but like you say, it is, it is at least tempered that he should hopefully be back um, sooner ra- rather than later. But 
again, it'll mean a, a, a change of system, a change of personnel, different opportunities for other ones. But um, as much as he, he he will be missed, I think it is it's more those defensive areas for me that I'm more concerned about because there's just, there's nobody there. Yeah, the Mari Gray has been Everton's most consistent second player, but there are others in there waiting to come in and chomping at the bit for her opportunity. Whereas in defence, it's like who do you go for? <laughs> Do you think in a, in a in a weird sense, Gav, it, it kind of saves Frank Lampard a bit of a difficult decision uh, in terms of you know who to drop from the front three? Because uh, you were presuming that Dominic Calvert Lewin's probably going to be just thrown straight into the starting lineup. You'd you'd have to su- suspect because I don't think Everton have any way round it at the minute. But uh, that that means that you know probably he's going to have Richarlison on one side of him, Anthony Gordon on the other side, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, well, Calvert Lewin's fitness is another one, is it? Well, you know, yeah, didn't get on. Fingers, the... fingers crossed, we'll be able to start him, and then yeah, after a while, we're in a position to be able to take him off and give him a bit of a rest. That's yeah. all. I'm sure Frank would rather have Jamari Gray fit. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, you play Ali, and in, in you've got Ali there. I've made five. Well, I was saying about Van der Beek and Townsend and Allen in the middle today. Got an option of Ali up front, haven't you? Um, yeah, yeah, a bit worried about Carver Lewin to be honest with you. He's uh, injured, he just has he been fit since ever this season, you know? Um, when he, he's looked last, last luster, hasn't he? Uh, when he's played since he come back, mm. um, I don't know, you know. Uh, yeah, is he a shoot? Do you put him back in? It's an interesting one. I think yeah. going by going by his performance against Leeds, if we're if we're looking back to the game that we played in August, I think he he gave those Leeds centre backs a really really tough game. Scored scored a penalty. Definitely should have scored in the second half of that game as well, which would have given us uh, all three points on on that occasion. But like, I do I do think he's got he's he's just got attributes that nobody else at Everton's really yeah. got, hasn't he? Yeah, he's fit. <laughs> Get him on the pitch. That's a, that's an attribute that most uh, Everton players haven't got at the moment, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying, and I think maybe you have him. So, what would you have, Gordon, Richarlison, Carl Lewin up to date? I, th- I think on the bench. Yeah. Well, yeah. While while we're still wanting to integrate Deli Ali at this point, I, I don't think I don't think starting him in a game, you know, which is so so crucial as this, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure this is going to be the best sort of environment to throw him straight into, well, sort of thing. Yeah, well, I agree. But it does highlight, by the way, where, where Ali's role is in the team. For now, yeah. For now, For now. Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, what formation you have to suit him. Um, but yeah, I think I think he looked a bit off the pace, didn't he? Where Van der Beek actually looked. You know, he he, he looked um, not. Wouldn't say match fit, but he, he he picked up the pace of the game quite quickly, and I thought he looked excellent on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely a starter. Ali still, perhaps uh, not, and uh, therefore I'd say yeah, you're probably right. Bench with uh, Gordon, Richarlison, Calvert Lewin, but caveat to Calvert Lewin, I just don't know how fit he is. To be fair, mm. I mean, I suppose bees like we've talked about. Matters on the pitch and how crucial they are, but off the pitch, it's going to be important as well, isn't it? And, you know, we've seen over the last couple of days, Everton fans are uniting to try and 
improve the atmosphere as much as they can at Goodison Park. We're expecting loads of flags and banners and everything like that tomorrow. And, you know, that, like that, that, that kind of thing has perhaps been missing for a lot of this season, hasn't it? You know, that sort of sense of unity and, you know, really getting behind the squad and all that. And you, you've got to hope that it's going to have some sort of effect on the uh, on the playing style of the team as well. You'd, you'd hope so. Um, concern is um, the, see the uh, the fans have to react from the team, so the team have to give them something because sure everyone was expecting that for um, Duncan Ferguson's game against Aston Villa. They thought, oh, I'll have a repeat of the Chelsea. Ironically, Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Um, just you know, get at them, steamroller them. Big Dunk will wave his fist a few times, and uh, everything will be all right. And um, now. All fell flat, doesn't it? So um, Frank said he appreciates that. He doesn't take it for granted. So he's looking forward to harnessing the power of Goodison Park. And my goodness, uh, they need it because if they, you know, any more away performances, the way they wilted at St. James's Park in that sort of atmosphere, you know, you really are going to have to rely on the home games. Um, decent enough record against Leeds. And uh, I think their win there at Goodison last season was the first one in the league. Since Neville Southall's um, sit down back in 1990, um, so uh, is it, with the fans back in there, it will be totally different. But uh, yeah, it is, it, 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 the, the the players, like we said, need need to sort of give the fans something to shout about because if it all falls flat or you know um, Everton do fall behind, which you know, given that the way things have gone in recent months, you know, it, it's a, every chance. Um, you just don't want that sort of backfiring. Um, I think there is a conscious effort with the fans at the moment, really, now that Lampard has come in and whatever people think of his managerial credentials has been that unity candidate, somebody they can get behind. Um, they, they really sort of want to roar them on, but I just hope that the, the team can sort of get off on the front foot from, from the start and, and give them something to cheer about. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Gav, I was speaking to somebody from the fans forum before about uh, about the plans for tomorrow and we were talking about this sort of chicken and egg scenario that we've got between, you know, do the players get the fans up for it yeah. or do the fans get the players up for it sort of thing. And he was saying to me that, you know, over the last few years, perhaps, uh, Everton, the Everton fan base, especially at Goodison Park, has been something of a reactive one. And, you know, these these moves that they're going to make tomorrow with all this, you know, flags and the banners and trying to improve the atmosphere right from the start. This is more of a proactive move from the fans to really show that they are behind this squad and they're behind this manager sort yeah. of thing. And that's that's a that's a really nice and positive thing to see, isn't it? And you know, I suppose it's a it's a good it's a good starting point that we can hopefully, you know, build on over the next few weeks sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um it is a bit of indictment, though, isn't it? That we're relying on the supporters to, yeah. you know, get the players going and, you know, sort of encourage the players. It's an indictment to where we are as a team, really. I know mm-hmm. we've got a few injuries. No, no, I get that. I, I, I suspect that's not just the Goodison as well. Adam, to be honest with you, I think I think football in general, obviously we've had the COVID stuff, which didn't, didn't help. But um, I think... Coming back off COVID, we expected to be see a lot more, you know, proactive support. Mm. Um, and it's all been a bit flat, you know, the team hasn't helped. But even some of the crazy kickoff times don't have, but so, like, some of the atmosphere before the, the start of the game hasn't been great, has it really? And that's just a, 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 a 
you know, relative to the you know, you know, the feelings of, of fans, some fans against against the club, I think. Um, you know, so in that context, I think it it'll be, be great to see everybody behind the team and before the game tomorrow and at the start and Dare I say, I know this is an, the oldest cliche around, or one of them is uh, first goals massively important tomorrow, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, massively important, you know, mm-hmm. in that context. If you score and there's a good atmosphere, then, you know, leads are the team. Like, as I say, the Mercurial, they can buckle. But mm-hmm. we, we really got to be at it from the start, which, as we all know, this season has not necessarily been. Our forte has it really. We normally in reverse army for the first first twenty minutes. So yeah, it's that's great to hear. And there's been a lot of positive stuff on social media this week, which is found welcoming. Mm. And uh, hopefully we can um, influence the players into giving a bit more than what they did on Tuesday. To be honest with you, mm. I suppose what Gav's saying there, bees, is really the big test, isn't it? Like let's say within the first fifteen minutes of the game, for example, Leeds take the lead. That would be yeah. that would be the big test for you know what 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 we're seeing in terms of the atmosphere because you know like being a St James's Park the other night it certainly didn't dishearten Newcastle fans that they'd went behind and you know it, it really it really paid off for them in that respect. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I say because the fans have had to take so much, but um, yeah, in this relegation dogfight, which it, it is now, they've really just got to get behind them. And, all times and hopefully hopefully they will as much as you're frustrated and if that did happen just just keep going with it because um this i've said it before this this team should be doing so much more so so much better it's it's just ridiculous i mean you've got to question the mentality hopefully it doesn't come down to that but you know, with a great crowd behind them, you can't blame it. Like last season, with behind the closed doors and that wretched home record they have, they they should be making good to a fortress. And um, even like, I suppose going back to um, obviously the, the the glory days, but um, back in in the eighties, Andy Gray say, you know, even if they scored first, you know, we we'd come back and um, we they always had the sort of the the mentality that and. The, they power through regardless. So um, yeah, they, they, I hope they, they can keep their nerve and keep their heads, both the players and and the fans in, in those circumstances. Because you know, if the worst comes to the worst and Leeds do go um, one goal up, say uh, uh, early on, they, they, they really need that. I could still, you know, they can still roll them on to victory. How many times have we over the years? Have you know, have we seen that? You know, Everton go behind, but as soon as they get one back, get level, and then they can just totally get turn it game on their heads you just got to hope this bunch of players have got the character those those past Everton teams have had mm. well I think Gav the, you know I think Bees is right in saying that in terms of mentality and character this this squad hasn't really shown us much over the past you know few weeks months years you'd, you'd have to probably say and as, as you rightly said before really it shouldn't be down to the fans to like be the first ones to change this but do you think this can be a first sort of move to helping these players along the road into improving this sort of character and mentality? Because you know, you, you, you've you've got you've got to admit that there must be some Everton players who like come onto the pitch at Goodison Park, you know, over the last few weeks of the Benitez reign, for example, and they, they must have been they must have been scared of making mistakes because of you know the the, the atmosphere that might that might take place if if they did. Yeah, well, we could name them, couldn't we? We named them in the past. Um, 
you know, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a step in the right direction, but I'm still leaves me a little bit concerned. Yeah. <laughs> All this, it just, it just does. I mean, I get what B's are saying. There is some quality there, but the injuries and, um, you know, are a big problem for me. And, and also as well, I do get... There's a... One of the reasons we've had six managers in six years, isn't it, really? It's the, you know, I'm contractually obliged here to quote my favourite George Graham phrase of when a new manager goes into the dressing room for the first time, I always remember that the players, look at the players, remember that, you know, these, these are the ones who got your predecessor sacked. Um, and I think there is a, a lack of character. Going back to what we were saying before, that's where Mina's a big loss, isn't he? Yeah. Because he is a personality and he is a character and you, you'd, you'd want him on the pitch for that reason. And I think, you know, you always get the impression that when Mina's playing centre-half, the other centre-half plays better with Mina. Uh, Michael Keane certainly does. And um, his loss in the context you're talking about is amazing, isn't it? In terms mm. of character and personality. And I, I do, yeah, I, I do wonder... How many players out there would fancy it? Mm. You know, you know, we've just named the eleven players. Say maybe a team for tomorrow. How many when the chips are down would be you'd really fancy? I'd probably say three or four. Mm. I think yeah. Townsend if he played to be one. Um, I think Richarlison too for a start. Uh, Anthony Gordon. Anthony, Anthony's useful. Anthony's not been indoctrinated yet, has he? Really? So he's got to. <laughs> Naive charm about him, really. Um, so I think, which you saw a little bit on Tuesday, actually, uh, a little bit of an experience, I thought, at times. Um, Anthony would the thing, um, but you think, and that's not a great place to, to start, is it really? Um, but yeah, you, you would hope that the fans would give them a lift, but it goes back to what I was saying on Mondays, players win football matches, don't they? Lose football matches, crowds and boards of directors and agents and chairman don't um, and uh, ultimately start, it's that, fans can do anything but ultimately it's down to the players on the pitch on the day isn't it really mm. and uh, they need to need to improve massively in what they did on uh, on Tuesday mm. Bees talking about winning football matches Frank Lampard was asked whether he thinks that this is a must win game and he kind of skated <laughs> around the issue he said he didn't want to label it as a must win game but it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not Frank Lampard. It's not my job, is it? So, um, <laughs> is this a must-win must game? Yes. Um, I think Tuesday was a must-not-lose game mm-hmm. because of the gap with them and Newcastle, and they did lose it, yeah. bringing the gap down to just a single point with Newcastle. So, if that was a must-lose game that was lost, this is definitely a must-win game because... If we flip it round, I mean, we've been quite, you know, you know, we can feel the tension, we can feel the concern amongst Evertonians, the genuine worry at the moment because of this slide, and it will only get worse unless that's stopped. They've got to stop the rot. They've got to turn it around. Because if flip it around, let's be positive. If they get a result here, they could maybe take that into the Southampton game, get something there, and then all of a sudden they've bought themselves a bit of time. They have stopped the rot. Things are looking a lot rosier. But until that day comes, until those three points are on the board, when you're on the run, was it six out of 45 or worked out early, earlier in the week, which is, you know, awful rock bottom form. Um, 
yeah, we keep saying this and we can't keep saying it going into the spring saying, oh, just just need to turn it around, just need to turn it around. So, yeah, of course, it's a, it, it is it is a must-win game for Everton. Um, they really need that three points because also in the same sort of a reverse effect, they brought Norwich City and Newcastle United back into the fray. If Leeds were to win at, at Goodison tomorrow, they sort of have like a, a big cushion between themselves and and ever, and they need to keep Leeds sort of dragged down into the into this um, sort of position as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a, a win for Everton would bring them just a point behind Leeds in the table. So, as you say, these things will be looking a lot rosier. But it's time for predictions. And Gav, I'll give you, I'll give you the first go at this. Uh, Bees yeah. just said it's a must-win game. Are Everton going to win it? Um, I, I'd, I'd say must not lose game. <laughs> again it's talk about indictments and stuff it's, it's indictment that every game is a big game now isn't it yeah. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons you know yeah it's got, every game is massively important for all the I'd say all the, the wrong things um, you know what i say Leeds are just such a funny team to predict aren't they and you know um, I think I think tomorrow will be not about us. Not it's all about us getting wound up by the crowd. I think it'll be whether Leeds turn up or not and how they play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit of a difficult one, but I think we'll capture the crowds, zeitgeist, and win two um, nil. I've got no basis for that mm-hmm. being whatsoever, uh, other than the fact that I tried everything else to get a prediction like this season and I've failed miserably every occasion so I'm just going to say 2-0 because I haven't got a clue why yeah well I, lo- I love the positivity I love the positivity Gav Bees are you sharing in Gav's positivity yeah almost it's, it's actually my second podcast of the day um, I've been um, I've been um, speaking to the enemy earlier this morning and uh, well, it was early in the afternoon uh, on with our colleagues from uh West Yorkshire, meeting all my, my, my new friends uh, who I made after I did that article on uh, Spygate yesterday. I've had uh, <laughs> lots of um, <laughs> correspondence from across the Pennines over the past 24 hours. So um, just to uh, <laughs> just to uh, to ingratiate myself further with um, the Leeds United fans, um, I, I said uh, 2-1 Everton. Oh, love that, love that. I'll, I'll agree, to be honest. I, I, think, I think Everton will capture... The moves of the Everton, the Everton fans. I'm really looking forward to what the fans can produce in terms of atmosphere. I'm going to go for a. I'm not quite as confident as Gavin keeping a clean sheet. To be honest, these yeah, these defensive yeah. worries are are playing on my mind. But I'm going to go for a, a rousing three-one win. Dominic Calvert-Lewin to get himself back on the score sheet. That's what I want to see. <laughs> oh right. Well, I think that's all we've got time for. Thank you, lads, for joining me. We'll be back. At the start of next week, with our fingers firmly crossed that we'll be talking about an important win for Everton against Leeds United. Me and Sam Carroll will be there at Goodison Park tomorrow to provide all the latest updates. So make sure you cross us on the Liverpool Echo website uh, to keep up with all of your match day action. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.